This episode is brought to you in part by Richmond Graduate University. The field of mental health counseling is growing rapidly. Richmond Graduate University can equip you to become a licensed professional counselor, integrating your faith into your clinical practice. Programs are offered in Atlanta, Chattanooga, and online. Apply today at richmont.edu. Some people think the next great evangelist will reach more people than Billy Graham ever did. And they're already programming the artificial intelligence to do it. This is Device and Virtue. Welcome back to Device and Virtue, where we argue the wrongs and rights of technology and faith in everyday life. I'm Chris. Hi, Chris. I'm here with Adam. What's up, man? How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. We're coming to you from Chicago in Chicago, and, Illinois. Yeah, it's 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 our city. And actually, <laughs> and we had um, we had fun a few weeks ago because we did this thing with Faith Tech. Faith Tech's so great. Everybody yeah. should like it. Do you want to explain Faith Tech? Faith Tech is uh, an organization that uh, our friend James Kelly up in Canada started a couple of years ago, and it's just kind of taken off like gangbusters. And uh, lots of people who are interested in technology or working in technology uh, or working in ministry and interested in technology, uh, getting together, um, talking about how faith and technology are interacting, intersecting, interfacing. And, uh, and we get together and talk about it, but also, uh, a couple of weeks ago, then we had our first in Chicago, this has uh, been in multiple cities, but for the first time in Chicago, we had a hackathon. We had a hack and a tech hack. Chris, you and I were both there and there was probably what, 40 or 50 other people? Yeah, it was, no, it was over 50. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was this thing we do where you bring together coders and marketers and other people that have business skills to think about, hey, what social problems are out there in our city that as Christians right. we might care about and we might have a technology way of applying a solution to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, so it was like we, a whole weekend. It was. It was a whole weekend. And people were like up till 1 a.m., back <laughs> at like 10 a.m., and worked like 12 hour days and just. You know, it's really it fun. Out. Sort of like formed ad hoc teams, and like people got up at the beginning and said, "Okay, here's a problem I'm trying to work on." Yeah. Like um, one woman was talking about just need for like suicide, um, better suicide mental health information for people that are in churches yeah. who feel like maybe they can't talk about it. There was one. There was a project that. Um, you know, my friend Tiffany had worked on on human trafficking. She was tracking women who were being trafficked online. Yeah, uh, I, got and- to, I got to work on one a little bit uh, having to do with sort of um, just awareness around uh, murders in Chicago and oh, wow, uh, that's right. d- developing an app uh, that would um, alert people and enable them to pray uh, when uh, they were um, alerted that a murder had happened in Chicago. So that was really cool. It was like there was there was some great people there we met. Yeah, um, we met some awesome people. So that was a lot of fun. Um, and I like our topic for today because it came from the yeah. the hack. Yeah, uh, it did. Um, and so I started talking with this guy named Ruben, who had actually he happened to be in Chicago from Australia. He had the accent; it was obvious. Yeah. 
and right, you know, like he, the, he came, you know, 24 hours or whatever it took. It was, yeah, amazing. And um, he pitched an idea for people to help with this evangelism chatbot. What? It was right. It was yeah. You heard this. Yes, it was an I evangelism did. chatbot. Uh, like so, it was a. You first told me about it though. I think even before I heard about it from him, uh, yeah. you're like, dude, there's this evangelism chatbot. So, guy here. So Ruben works with this ministry um, that is in the UK and in Australia. And they had found that if they placed some Facebook ads and asked, hey, do you want to talk about God? You know, mm-hmm. um, people would click through and they had different individuals that volunteered to chat with people and sort of talk to them about their faith, like sort of evangelism. Like what, you know, let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk about God in your life. Okay, but they re- so these were like real life people that were, like chatting on IM. Right, right, exactly. So there's people okay. chatting with other people and sort of sharing their faith. And actually there's a number of ministries that have done this and it's been amazing. And they had a lot of success with it. Like they, when they started it, they had like 5,000 conversations online with people. And it was really cool, Holy but they God. realized like they didn't have enough like volunteers. They were super swamped. Yeah. They were super excited. And it turns out Ruben is a pretty techie guy and he knows some coders. So he said, well, well, AI is becoming sort of big right now. And some of these AI chat bots, like a chat that like has artificial intelligence behind it, um, is starting to become easier to code. What if we didn't have to have an actual person every time talking to someone because we don't have enough volunteers, we could have an artificial intelligence person chat bot talking to someone about Jesus. Okay, so there's not another person on the other end. Nope, just the computer. And I'm just, just an algorithm. I'm 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 typing away on my computer all my deepest uh, thoughts and concerns about God and Jesus and faith and Christianity and whatever. And in theory, if this AI chatbot is good enough, it can answer and sound like a human and sort of help answer your questions about faith. What do you think about this? And <laughs> is this when, a good thing? Is this a oh bad man. thing? What do we think about evangelism AI chatbots? Yeah, this is when I heard about this, man. I I'm a slow adopter. It's <laughs> <laughs> an understatement. Yeah, it is an understatement. But I'm uh, still using an iPhone three. I'm kidding. Those don't work anymore, but it's an iPhone five. Come okay. on. <laughs> Add two. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so, I mean, this is definitely at the forefront of at least uh, digital evangelism. Um, right. right. There, there are other, you know, Christian companies maybe that are doing similarly high tech things, but this is when it, th- this is such a relational component. It's not, um, it's not like, you know, church tracking software or, um, you know, big, I don't know, big data that's tracking, you know, Pew research trends or something like that. Um, this is very much like Christians interacting with devices, uh, and talking about God. It seems like, 
I'm not going to lie. I know your reaction is automatically like, what? Yeah. And, and your reaction usually is like that. And my reaction is often like, great. Except, <laughs> in, but in this case, I was, I was the same as you, man. I was talking to Ruben going, really? Like, yeah. is, is this, yeah. is this, I'm thinking right away, you know, as a van, which probably a lot of people would think when they're hearing this, is it, isn't evangelism like a person, a really deep and relational and person to person Thing, and I have no, it doesn't make any sense that an algorithm could be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. How, so the how problem does, is he said they were really successful. So how does this whole thing work? Like I, I right. like know a little bit about artificial intelligence, but it's still a really confusing space. And I'm curious, like how, like how did they even get to start building this this chatbot. Yeah, believe it or not, this stuff is starting to become like easier to do because you don't. There are platforms now out there that will help you build a machine learning problem. These words are different, right? Machine learning is a little bit different than artificial intelligence and all these other things. But the simple part is, if you feed, you know, some people have already built the intelligence, but you right. can get on one of these platforms and sort of build your your slice of this. Mm-hmm. So what this what Ruben's team in Australia did is they jumped on this site that was already out there about evangelism. Uh, I think it was called Got Questions. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I've and heard so, of it. like, 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 then they were able to download. I think they talked to them and downloaded twenty thousand questions that people had asked about evangelism, like on this online forum. And it was right, like, right. what is is Buddha and Jesus teach the same things, or why does God? do, you know, why if God is so great, why are there so many wars and things in the world? You know, there'd be these questions that people would ask. They downloaded all these things and they dumped them all like I'm in mass into this system. And then they have people, real people. And I worked on this for two hours at our Faith Tech Hack. And other volunteers did too. I don't think you got to work on this one. No, I didn't. I think I saw it a little bit, but I didn't work on it. So, So they... Uh, the site you pop up on a screen, these questions pop up, and you have to you have to tag it. You tag it like with little tags that we made up. So like, oh, this is a question about other religions because it mentions Buddhism, right? Or right. this is a question about um, you know problem of evil, and okay. uh, and so you click that. And so in each question, we were tagging them and sort of telling the computer for this question, these are some of the topics that are coming up. You'd look for keywords or for the meaning of the whole question, and then every then another one. I'd click it, and then I'd hit done. Another one pop up, and I click it and hit done. Another one, and the more questions you fed into the system, we had ten people doing it at one point. In theory, the better the AI is going to be later when talking to people about their faith. So it's a really, so when you say tagging, it's like a really complex way of categorizing any, any set of data or information. Yeah, it's like in, in it's semantic case, it tagging, questions. essentially. Semantic it's, tagging is what you call it, but, but it's not that complicated. It's like, yeah, it's just a sentence pops up and you go, you tell the computer, you have to act really dumb at first. We said, we, yeah. clicked, we clicked some words and said, um, when like the book of Exodus would pop up, we'd highlight it and click, this is in the Old Testament. Okay. When the book of Matthew would pop up, we closed in New Testament. So we had Old Testament, New Testament tag yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but once it started, once, you, once it started getting that, it didn't need to know that anymore. Like okay. it knew, it would learn everything. So you said, treat it like a toddler at first and then it's going to learn that's okay. which is fascinating right and so then is it associ- is it were you tagging answers as well or were you just tagging questions no just well uh, actually uh, both answers and questions actually okay so eventually then you'd be matching sort of uh, a question category with an answer category and somehow over right. time it's going to 
Yeah. So, so to be honest, I have not used this chat bot, right? Like I worked on the back end of the new version of it, but I don't know how effective it is, but here's how effective Ruben said it is. He said they put a test one out there for a year, 12 months. It was called the who is Jesus bot. They called it. They they said, he said at the end of the 12 months, they had talked to 2,500 people. Okay. They said 150 people had come to Christ And they said most of those had people, they had connected them to a local church, which is wow. And so he said, that's the equivalent of you, Adam. If you were having, if you were the evangelist in this situation, having seven deep conversations about Jesus every day in your life. For a whole year. Yeah, right, right, for a whole year. And then three of those people every week accepting Jesus for the entire year. That's the equivalent. That's incredible. So I want to argue with it, but he just said that 150 people became Christians. Right, right. Yeah, so like we can argue about whether we like it or not, but we can't necessarily argue about whether it's effective. (laughs) Yeah, right. Okay, so there's also, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. Well, so yeah, so there's all sorts of questions that come to my mind. I'm like, okay, it's effective, but I don't like it. So theologically, (laughs) I'm like, what does it say about evangelism? What is evangelism? What's the gospel if we think this is even good? I think there's questions to took there. And really relationally and emotionally, like what is what do we think about talking to AIs like a human? You know, there's all these questions to come up with. Right, right. I mean, so as I, I, I kind of started telling people about this evangelism chat bot at like parties that that's, that's my party chat. Like I'm, I'm, wow, that's, people, a, sexy, that's a sexy yeah, topic there. Adam. People love me at parties. It's great. <laughs> uh, so, um, but it's great. Cause you actually get, uh, really good ideas that you hadn't thought of that I hadn't thought of. And so like one person brought up, well, like, isn't that just, uh, like a, like a tract, you know, like these these gospel tracts that have been around for 200 years that, you know, are on a piece of paper and like a group of people probably put it together. It was, it took a group of people to either write it and or publish it and print it, blah, blah, blah. So there's already this group of people who have worked together to create this inanimate object that is designed to anticipate the questions that people have and respond to them and answer them. See, so like, that's really compelling, I think. Because, you know, I don't like this, but when you say that, I go, yeah, like, I mean, yeah. it's like a piece of communication. I don't know, inanimate mm-hmm. object. But yeah, it's a piece of communication about the gospel. Right. Um, right. You know me, I'm a history nerd. Like, this is, Christians have been doing this for a long time. Like, the American Tract Society, if you even, maybe you might still, I, I don't know if I don't hand out Christian tracts. I don't know. I, I don't think you probably yeah. do either. I, but like, mm-hmm. But the American Church Tax Society is one of the oldest Christian sort of mission groups in the U.S. It was like 1850s, I think. And they were actually one of the, aside from novels that was done after mass printing in the U.S., they were one of the biggest pushes behind mass printing in the U.S. because they realized this technology of doing sort of paperback novels. I mean, we had printing, obviously, hundreds of years prior to that, but the technology to do it really fast and do quick sheets, you start in the 1850s, is becoming a big thing. And so- they go for the gospel. We could print tons of these and they would go door to door and hand them to people as a way of communicating the gospel. And I go, well, maybe AI chatbots are just that, or like radio and television 
when then that, that new comes out, you know, there's all these obviously radio preachers and television preachers I hear. Oral Roberts was really famous for, he's like, I'm going to be on right. the radio and TV and share the right. gospel with thousands. And maybe this is just the new thing. I, it, I, th- I, I think as I thought about it more, it, it, I did realize that like there, this is not unprecedented. As, right. as, as bizarre as it seemed to me at first, as like far out and unreal as it seemed, even though I, I disliked it at first, I, I stepped back and realized, no, um, we've been doing things like this for a long time. Yeah. And it, it caused me to... It, it caused me to be a little more open to it than I was at first. Um, so then, uh, you know, after going to these parties and talking to these friends and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I ran across this piece of research uh, that kind of surprised me as well. And so the story is that uh, three Stanford researchers uh, did some research on how people relate to chatbots. And so they looked into uh, how people were experiencing these chatbots. Um, and what they did was they sat people in front of a computer uh, and had them share information uh, with uh, either, they were told it was either a, a human being that they were chatting with uh, online or they were chatting with a chatbot. And and they were invited Wait, to. So they were told right away whether it was a chatbot or a yes. Human? Okay. Right. Right. So, you know, and and they're invited to share something personal, something emotional uh, about themselves, and and then the, you know, they would get a response back, and um, and so, so there's these two these two groups, right? There's the group that is sharing with what they think is a person. And there's this group that shares with what they think is a chatbot. And so they wanted to find out what were the emotional, relational, and psychological benefits like for each group. Interesting. So if you did people who were interacting with the chatbot like have a decreased sense of emotional connection, relational connection, and psychological benefit? Well, I would... I would think it'd be like if I was sitting in that situation, like, and they told me to share something, um, like type it out. Like, I right. think it'd be sort of novel and sort of fun. Like I knew, oh, this is an AI chat bot. Mm. I probably would share something, you know, like, yeah. but yeah. more out of curiosity to see what it would do. Right, right. But like, but no, at the end of the day, I think it matters. I mean, when we're revealing things, I feel like it would feel much better to me if I'm sharing with a person. Yeah, right, because there's like a personal a, connection, yeah, like, like a personal thing. <laughs> connection, right? <laughs> right? It's the whole thing. Right. So when people believed they were sharing with a chatbot versus a human being, the emotional, relational, and psychological benefits were the same. So the researchers wrote, people psychologically engage with chatbots as they do with people resulting in similar discourse processes and outcomes. And conceivably, what matters most is not the partner's humanness, but what occurs in the interaction itself. So it's what's going on inside of the person who's sharing 
that creates those emotional, relational, and psychological benefits and not the actual person that's listening or the connection between them. It's just the process that I experience in disclosing and sharing about myself that actually creates these emotional, relational, and psychological benefits. Ha. Huh. So, I mean, that, that, was a, that was a skeptical hum, but, I'm, but yeah, right. That's what they found. That's what people said. Yeah. So that, that's what these Stanford researchers found. And again, this kind of, it blows my mind, but it goes back to this question of evangelism and chatbots and what is the benefit to the person who's interacting with the chatbot? Like they're, you know, I think, I think spirituality is, is more than emotion, emotions, relationship and psychology, but I think it includes those things as well. Right. And, and so I, so the chatbot is clearly impacting their spiritual formation. So the theological question is like, how important is a relationship to the the gospel, to evangelism, right? Like a real person relationship. <laughs> like is the gospel, and I think this is the question, it's like what is the gospel and what is evangelism, right? Um, and, and it's crazy that we're even like asking this question <laughs> on some level, right? Like the idea that we're, we're saying like, do, do relationships even matter for like Christianity or for evangelism? Like, so yeah. So, okay. Here's some, here's, tell me if you think these are true. I think these are some common conceptions of like what evangelism is in the gospel. Like evangelism in some way is like, um, some definition, I don't know, I'm going to make it up, but like trying to persuade someone else or proclaim the good news of the Christian message, you know, and I'm sort of almost right. using like a sociology definition or something, not, right. not right. the euangelion, which is the good news and for the New Testament, which is, but yeah, so like- but it, it's like, it's like this set of, it's the set of information. It's a story. It's a message that it, you kind of get educated about. Yeah, I think there's like people have different pictures in their mind. Like it's a preacher, a bunch, mm-hmm. Billy Graham on a stage or a fiery yeah, yeah, preacher. Yeah. And like that's evangelism as preaching, maybe even, and it can be sort of cajoling. It could be really friendly, like God loves you, or it could be like really, you're going to hell, you know, but either way, it's like yeah. the preaching, <laughs> evangelism as preaching, or it could be like um, evangelism as apologetic. Some people think of evangelism as like, I'm going to, Convince you, convince you, yeah. yeah. Like you know, we have you have an ha- argument, yeah. And the things that you think are wrong, I'm going to tell you what you should actually think, right? And you're a little, mm. you're a postmodern person, and I'm going to show you <laughs> that postmoderns can't think about facts or anything. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yet today, I was listening to a podcast about evangelism, and the guy, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, and oh, the guy, man. and the guy, the episode was all about how to when someone says, "Well, I don't know," um, you really can't say that any religion is true. The guy's like, that's a self-defeating argument. And you just say, well, how did you say that was true? Mm-hmm. And, he, and that was the, what the podcast was about. Yeah. How to like catch- Ooh, Pinned kick, to the wall. Yeah, yeah. Once, you, once you've won, you've won them over, right? <laughs> I, yeah. I'm sure. That's exactly the, uh-huh. right. So, I mean, Nothing people like think about that. your opponent to, to win the argument. So, and, it's like the preacher or the apologetics. And to be honest, if those, the, if those are the ways that people think about evangelism, I think it makes a little bit of sense that a tract or a set of information yeah. or maybe a chat bot can sort of yeah. do some of that. A chatbot might even do it better than, cause like a chatbot right. could be learning logic and or arguments and someone could say, I don't understand why a war can happen when there's a loving God and a chatbot might like, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. this theologians mm-hmm. have written a lot about this, might have some things to say about that. 
But yeah, and 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 if we're thinking about, I big uh, you missed it. <laughs> no, oh, sorry. No, you're you're good. You're good. <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll let you get to your big butt. Um, but I just want to add, like, if if we're thinking about a chatbot as sort of the the heir to, um, tracts or to uh, radio broadcasting or television broadcasting or Billy Graham crusades where he's on TV right. and. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I see a person, but I don't really have a relationship with him. Like if we see chatbots as succeeding those things, then yeah, it's easy to compare and say, well, chatbots are more effective and, and yes, chatbots can do evangelism um, because that's what our imagination for what evangelism is um, looks like. Right. And so my, theology of this like flies in the face of this. And even before we got to the chatbot question, even with the tracks or even with the TV, these kind of things, all the broadcast media, you and I have talked about this before, sort of one way communication right. that isn't actually mm-hmm. interaction, <clears throat> I think sort of falls short. Now the problem is this AI thing is interactive, but here's my theological point. The gospel is not a message. The gospel is a person. The gospel is the person of Jesus. It's God as a person, the good news is is mm-hmm. is Jesus to start with like it's just the presence of the king Jesus and when and so it's hard for me to see anything that looks like it's pushing a message as fully encompassing what the good news is all right so i'm going to push back on that a little bit and and say it's hard for me to see my relationship with Jesus and to see Jesus as a person um when I don't see him in a human body. And so how, how does that sort of, um, I, I, I agree that, that the gospel is a person um, and it's not a set of facts. It's not a set of uh, principles or claims, but it's a, it's a person um, right, and there can be facts about that person. Yes, but not absolutely. the person. Yes. And that per- that person embodies uh, principles that are character and so on and so forth. Um, but they're all sort of bound up in sort of an indivisible person. And so, and yet, um, how 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 can I see Jesus? How can I how can I relate to Jesus as a person? And I have the answer. <laughs> no, 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 but I mean, come on. The answer, I mean, if you said there's, if I can't relate to a body, well, let's, the, there is a body of Christ, right? That's the other name for the church. It's for the right. people uh, in the church that are present in the world, representing, uh, representing and being Jesus. And the invitation for people to become a Christian is not simply to assent to mm-hmm. a set of facts about God, which a lot mm-hmm. of evangelism would be, but it's to to belong to to the body of Christ, to be invited to the table of Christ um, as a sinner forgiven, mm-hmm. and then being grafted as part of the body. And that mm-hmm. feels mm-hmm. like a whole. And maybe I'm speaking too theologically and not abstractly, no, so. but that that's where I go. Gosh, I don't know how a chatbot does this.
Okay, but let me continue to push back a little bit on this. Like the the picture. I, I like I like what you're saying about the body of Christ um, and the idea that uh, Jesus shapes uh, the people of God into the church and. And so the, the church is sort of this collective body of people. Uh, and I'm also thinking about the, the Bible as this, go with me here, as this chat bot, <laughs> as, as this body of The Bible work. is chat bot. Wow. Okay. So, I'm yeah, with you. I'm go, with you. Yeah, I'm going. Go going, with me. going. The, the Bible is this chat bot that, uh, this group of people uh, put together in a community of people um, that were listening and sensitive to the spirit of God were listening and talking to each other about how God's spirit was interacting with them and together was developing this understanding of who God is and, and how he is in the world. And uh, together we're writing it down and we're then being shaped by what they had written down in the same way then that you and your, your, your team uh, were working with Ruben to, you know, sort of understand the questions that were going on to really unpack and think about how these are categorized and to go back and, and essentially like understand that content as forming uh the people who are interacting with it in the same way that the church interacts with the Bible and is formed by it, but also forms it in some way, like the people of Israel and then the early church, they all formed that in community together with one another. They sort of, uh, you know, they did artificial intelligence before it was a thing. (laughs) (laughs) They created the chat bot that is the Bible. And now we interact with scripture and allow it to form us and and inform us. Yeah, this goes. Oh gosh, Adam, you. Uh, yeah, because this sounds like you might be convincing <laughs> me a little bit. Because you sounds like you're going back to that study that you were just talking about earlier from Stanford, which is like what was going on <laughs> in people was not that was that like they were changing as they were as they as were they interacting. interacting like and like and so it's not that there was no humans involved but the human involved was the human that was interacting. And like now, uh, so I and, can see me reading the text, which is a product of, 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 of God's inspiration with humans. But, mm-hmm. but I, really what's happening when I'm reading, I mean, I, we're doing, you know, I'm reading the Bible a lot every morning and usually I'm interacting with it, but it's often what's going on in me. Yeah. Dang yeah. it. And, but but it's it's also come out of a it's a it's also a product that's come out of people encountering God, encountering yeah. Jesus, and writing it down, and gathering it together, and talking about it, and being shaped by it, and discerning, you know, the the canonicity of it, even, you know, but but doing that jointly together, um, and so it yeah it makes me. And let me build on that thought real quick. Cause like you're talking about doing it all together and the canonicity, which is you know, a great word. Um, but like, yeah, if we think about the church across the world and through all time, like all the amazing Christians that have been around and all the theologians that have written all these um, amazing things, like 
I mean, the the evangelical church I grew up in really wasn't aware of a lot of those things. And so we had just a little bit of evangelism. But if you have all the church fathers and mothers and all the writings, like we get a lot of wisdom there, right? About what it means to love God or know God or even become a Christian. And it, it just strikes me that you could download all that wisdom, like the church fathers, just like I was downloading. We downloaded 20,000 questions from God yeah. questions and put that into an AI chatbot and actually like be discussing with the history of the church, everything about God. Right. So that, that makes me ask the question is, is God question sufficient? Does that AI need, does it need scripture? Does it need the early church? Does it need the medieval church? Does it need the, the reformed, the ref, the church of the reformation, does it need, you know, the church throughout history to be, to be brought into that conversation. And does the, this AI chatbot need to, you know, be, have an encyclopedic understanding that's, that's tagged. I mean, what would that look like? I, I, you know, like I want to interact with, you know, a, a Catholic perspective on this, or I want to interact with the Protestant perspective on this, or I want to interact with the African perspective on this. We started well, talking about clicking on Facebook to a chat where people talk to a random robot about evangelism. It sounded like a horrible idea, actually, when I first talked to Ruben <laughs> at the Faith Tech Hack. And uh, I remember how skeptical you were. As, and I talked with him for an hour about it. And by the way, if Ruben is listening, like we had a great conversation. He was really smart about this. So he had actually a lot of these questions and ideas as well. But, yeah. but what is evangelism? What is the gospel? Do we people can't even relationally, emotionally even connect to this? But then what does this say about what the gospel is in the general? Is this a message? Is this a person, even though it's effective? A whole jumble of thoughts, but you really surprised me here <laughs> at the end with talking about the church and the Bible also just being a part of that as well. Yeah. I, I so do you I, I think it's time to just make a decision and you're just gonna have to. Uh, well, mm. I think about my decision is yeah, so, AI, AI chat evangelism chatbot. But let's do it like this: device or virtue. <laughs> I think that we need to see past. Uh, we need to demystify artificial intelligence and understand that there are human beings involved in creating it. And yeah, and and that, and I think in some ways, you know, it, it also means demystifying scripture and understanding that people are involved in making that and recognizing that, like, God is present in making those things happen. And I, I'm not saying that God superintends the Bible the way He superintends AI. I'm not saying okay, that. okay. Um, I'm not saying they have equal inspiration. I believe uh, <laughs> I, I'm much more orthodox than that. <laughs> but um, but I think when we understand that there are people involved, it can help us to engage uh, engage with it more personally and see see the people within it. And I think the more that we can 
um, see the people within the technology that we're using, the more we will see both its benefits and its flaws, just like people have. And, and if we can, cause I mean, we think that AI is sort of this, this, you know, perfect thing that can do no wrong, but that's not the truth. It's, it's flawed because human beings put it together and human beings are flawed. Um, and so we can bring those two things together and we have to hold that intention. I'm really annoyed that you're trying to give a complex answer and it was just supposed to be vice or virtue. I know, I'm sorry, <laughs> <But> the, <laughs> I'm sorry. There's not a simple there's answer that, to you're it You're saying it's both vice and virtue. And I'm going to have to say uh, it, both as well. The, you really did... I would have said vice actually on this one. Like this is not a good thing, but you really did start to convince me about, even though I was part of the working on the formation of it, you're right. Humans are behind this. Um, I think God works in that. And I think there's some sort of virtue out of this. I do like the idea of like, what if we could put scripture and in the whole wisdom of the church in, in that evangelism chatbot too. But I'm going to say a virtue, as long as it's part of the conversation, it doesn't, modify our view of what the gospel is as a true relationship with God and each other, restoring those out of sin. Yeah. And I, I think that that word modification, that word modify, uh, that's a challenging one. Cause I think we both know that a technology always modifies the message that it's, uh, it's communicating. Oh man, we're getting caught in our own stuff, but you're exactly yeah. right. It does. The, the, the medium does change the message as we say. Um, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Well, the, the I, vice and the virtue are just intertwined here. They, they're just weaved together. If people, and we, we can't untangle. I feel like if people jump into our conversation enough times, they're going to realize that actually we think that vice and virtue is all over most technology, right? Both. Yeah. It's yeah. I, th- I think, you know, over the course of this conversation, I think I've moved my head from vice toward virtue, <laughs> but, but my heart, man, my heart is still like, nah, that's, that's what it is for me. That's the truth. Well, your heart is a lemming, uh, a lemming at heart. So, <laughs> uh, lemming, lemming is totally wrong. Luddite at heart. There we go. Uh, <laughs> lemming would be different, but you're just jumping off a cliff, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Well, I should wrap it up. So like, thanks uh, for joining us on our conversation about whether evangelism AI chat spots are vice or virtue. Uh, it's always good to talk with you, Adam. Chris, this was compelling. I'm glad we're doing it. Uh, and we'll see folks next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. Okay. Tweet to us at Device Virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And do leave us some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus. Visit discoverymountain.com CT.